You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hi guys, you're very welcome along to the Week 5 Review Show with us, the Overtime Ireland guys, Colin. Yet another week in the books. Yeah, DJ, a very entertaining week it was. One that I enjoyed quite immensely. Uh, starting off the week in quite good fashion with that Packers win on Thursday Night Football. We didn't get to mention that on last week's preview show, obviously, because it was coming out Friday. We didn't know the result and so on and so forth. But uh, a lot, a lot of fun watching that game. Stayed up late and a very, very enjoyable result for myself and all the Packers fans. I'm sure it wasn't too pleasing on the eye for the Vikings fans, but Christian Ponder starting that game and, you know, Let's take it from there. Uh, the Packers went on dominated the game on both sides of the ball and was over very, very quickly in the game. Kind of got out of hand, so good win for the Packers moving forward. And It was actually a good weekend overall for the Packers with the, the way the other results went as well. We'll talk a little bit more about them very, very shortly on the show. On today's show, DJ, we're going to be joined by your old buddy, Russ Goldman, big Patriots fan and does a bit of reporting on them. And He was at the Patriots game against the Bengals, so going to get his perspective on it and cover some of the other teams in that division get his perspective on all things going on there so looking forward to getting him on the show in the next few minutes and after that then DJ will go through the rest of the games ourselves and have a little bit of have a little bit of fun discussing all the NFL news so starting off the show as always be sure and check out our website that's overtimeireland.com lots going up there on the site you now actually can sign up for different offers by clicking on some of the links on the right hand of the site you can join up for things like paddy power receive uh, they'll match your first deposit and so on and so forth so be sure and check that out you can sign up for the huddle magazine and their subscription there too so lots of stuff going on on the site lots of articles going up be sure and check them out that's overtimeireland.com twitter handle overtimeireland and obviously we always plug our guys at last word on sport who are helping spread the word of us so check them out on twitter it's at last word on sport and check them out online at lastwordonsports.com so dj no you enjoyed that Patriots win, and we're going to talk now to your old f- friend Russ Goldman and discuss some of the events of that game that he was at. Let's recap this weekend's NFL action. It's the OTI Weekend Roundup. Joining me on the podcast now to discuss a little bit about the New England Patriots, and we'll be talking a little bit about other teams in their division as well, but it's Russ Goldman joining me back on the show. It's great to have you back on, Russ. Thanks for having me back on. I, I appreciate to talk some Patriots with you. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, usually you talk Patriots with DJ, but uh, I'm delighted to be getting some of your perspectives today uh, firsthand. And you have to be impressed with how the how the Patriots responded after a, a tough week for them after that loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. A big, big win for them against the Cincinnati Bengals. It was a huge victory, to be honest with you. Uh, I called it a crossroads game. Over the course of, uh, I guess you could say, Belichick's years and Brady's years, they've had several of these what I would call crossroad games where they can go one of two ways, uh, and they will either show you that they're the Patriots that we know or they are going to go the other way. And uh, more often than not, they go the way that they show you who they are, and that's what we saw last night. We actually, I, I, honestly, I think we saw... Um, what both teams are about. You know, again, I, I, have, I have my issues with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, very talented team, but they have two weaknesses. One actually played fairly well. That would be that would be the quarterback. I thought Andy Dalton played fairly well. Yeah. But they have a major weakness with that coach. And, uh, again, he showed it again in this game. Uh, team did not seem prepared to play the Patriots. 
I've seen a, a lot of people talking before the game, and I actually backed the Patriots to win this game, and very rare that they are underdogs at home. But a lot of people were saying that on the field that the, the Bengals were winning nearly every matchup, you know, on paper, but the right. one matchup that they weren't going to win was head coach v head coach. And I think that there's what we've seen, that opening drive. It, it just looked like, you know, they were still asleep from the bye week. It didn't look like they were ready for that game, and that had to disappoint the, the Cincinnati fans. Absolutely, and that's what was shocking, Colm. Uh, you know, watching this game... You know, as a Patriots fan, I'm, I'm excited to see the first drive. And uh, honestly, I, I, you know, again, if, if I'm projecting outward, after that first drive, I knew it was going to be a good day for the Patriots. Just the way that they were they were approaching the game and the way that the Bengals were approaching the game, like, like you said, they were on their bye week. And to come out like that, basically sleepwalking through the first couple of drives, it, you know, again, was, was shocking to see. And... Everyone that criticizes the Bengals for being the Bengals, well, unfortunately, they have to win a big game like this in a you know in in a game like Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football. They tend to fail when they're on the big stage, and uh, you know to their critics, they they prove them right every single time. And unfortunately, if you're a Bengals fan, I go back to the head coach because you know I I think it's something that that starts at the top. And it goes down to the players because this is a talented group. Where were the adjustments by Marvin Lewis? Where were they? Because, again, I didn't see any drop-off throughout the game. The The Patriots were going to win this game, and he didn't seem to make any adjustments to, to change the tide, which, which was kind of shocking. One of the things that uh, I haven't heard mentioned anywhere since, and um, just after thinking of it now when you mentioned about the opening drive, the Bengals actually won the toss in this game. And, you know, you obviously know that the Patriots like to defer to the second half. And right. do you think the Bengals coaching staff there thought they were getting, you know, one over and on the, the Patriots that they didn't get to wait to the second half to receive the ball? And then it just completely went down their throat when uh, Tom Brady marched them down the field for that opening touchdown? Well, again, call it maybe a, a little, uh, you know, naive, naivete, I yeah. guess you could say, to think that the Patriots offense was going to be what, what we've seen in the first four weeks, which was not good. So they're probably going with that idea. Yeah. You know, the Patriots always want, want, to, want to start the second half with the ball because, again, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a good strategy that the Patriots do. I, I'm actually for, you know, I, I guess you could say, deferring to the second half because because you have that end of the half change um you know again if you time it right you can actually really get up on an opponent at the end of the uh first half and then going into the second half that's that's why i think belichick does it so often but in this case here's marvin lewis trying to do the same thing which i understand but i think part of it had to do with the struggles of the patriots offense but it backfired it, it completely backfired here and he didn't have any answers, and that's what you know. Again, that's what's surprising to me. I'm not. I don't want to take anything away, Colm, from the Patriots' victory, which was dominating. But uh, as a fan of the NFL, I was actually disappointed with with the Cincinnati Bengals how they played. You know, I I, I got to say that because I've heard so much that they've turned that they turned the tide. This is this is the new Bengals, and unfortunately, it isn't. <laughs> You mentioned the the offense improving. Obviously, Gronk looked a lot more free in his running, and that he looked a lot more like the old Gronk that we we know, and uh, that had yep. to be really really positive. Tim Wright as well. A lot of people uh, said that you know Logan Mankins was traded away for nothing. Well, nothing showed up in a big way last night for the Patriots and Tim Wright. Uh, absolutely. And what's funny, Colm, is that I've been dying to see the two tight end set. I was actually upset that they did not draft a tight end because 
I wanted I wanted to go back to the days where again when Aaron Hernandez was with the New England, was with the New England Patriots along with Gronk. I mean, the two tight end set was just lethal, and the fact that you now have this tight end Tim Wright show a little bit of what we might see down the road it was was extremely encouraging because they don't really have a quote unquote deep threat. Uh, their threat could be the these two tight ends. You know, again down the middle of the field. And and that, to me, is just as devastating as A.J. Green on the outside. You know, you want to talk about Megatron, all these outside receivers. I'm not a huge fan of the Diva wide receiver. I would rather have the two tight end set that can hurt you in more ways than the one, one incredible wide receiver. The Patriots had Randy Moss, and people love the 2007 Patriots. I'm here to tell you, I prefer the 2011 Patriots offense with Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. I thought it, I thought it was deadlier and, and and harder to stop. So if Tim Wright can fill a little bit of that role, that's that's huge for, for the New England Patriots. On top of the running game, and 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 I think that's getting lost in the shuffle here. The, the Patriots committed to the run, yeah. so basically they want they wanted to take it on both sides of the ball to the Bengals. And uh, last year, the Bengals really took it to them. That's what's shocking about this is I was expecting a tougher defense, a tougher offense, and uh, the Patriots really owned the Bengals in this game. And from a Patriots fan perspective, it was wonderful to watch. Just uh, before we finish up on the Patriots game, just you mentioned they're rushing the ball. We had Stephen Ridley and Shane Vereen combined for 203 yards, and you mentioned they committed to the run 36 carries split between them. So that was impressive from their point of view. The big loss here for the, the Cincinnati Bengals, as showed it a few times on the TV, was Vontez Perfect was yes. on the sideline for them. And he's been their best defensive player over the last two years, particularly in run-stopping. So that was tough for them, missing out in the weak side linebacker there. But the one other thing outside of the running game that had to be impressive was, you know, people were starting to talk about maybe Darrell Revis wasn't playing as well as he, he had in the past. And he really had done a number this night on A.J. Green in particular when he, he stripped away that that fumble and he also had the one in the first half was called back for pass interference quite harshly with that uh, the interception early in the game well for me one of the keys to the Patriots season is going to be Darrell Rivas there, there there are three untouchables three players that have to stay healthy the entire season and going into the playoffs for the Patriots to be a contender for for the Super Bowl if they are if they're good enough you know again right now it's early days but, but it would be, obviously, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and Revis. Yeah. Revis changes that defense. And when Belichick allows him to just lock down on a receiver, again, I've, I've been listening to, uh, to talk shows all day, and they're talking about how soft A.J. Green is. Look how easily uh, Darrell Revis took him out of the game. Now, he got his touchdown when Revis went out. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting, if you, if you go back and you, you watch it, Colm, the beauty of Revis is not that he's going to, you know, be in your face. It's just that he actually forces you almost, almost off, uh, off to the sideline. He makes the pattern so difficult for you to to complete. And I saw that time and time again. Just you know, again, just being there, not you know, not even you know, again, being being an aggressive lockdown corner that he can be. And he's so much shorter than AJ Green. It just shows you. That, that a great deal of it is about being at, in the right position and making things uncomfortable for the wide receiver. He yeah. changes that defense because he then allowed the Patriots, the, the, I guess you could say the, re, the rest of the defense, to be more aggressive, to do more things that they, norm, that, that they haven't done 
in the past. They did some of them with Aqib Tlaib, but this is what I've been waiting for. Five games games in, we finally see, uh, you know, again, man-to-man coverage by Darrell Rivas on a consistent basis. We've seen him in zone, Colm, and honestly, you're wasting this guy's yeah. talent when you put him in zone. And it's funny because he, he's very friendly with with former Patriots great Ty Law. And uh, Ty Law is a similar type of player. He used to complain about going into zone and would, would basically make his case that he wants to be that man-to-man, um, that, that man-to-man shutdown corner and would normally win that battle. And Revis is, is a similar player, and I just hope that Belichick, again, you have to play some zone. But I hope they I hope they go more with 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 this uh you know again you know this man to man defense and allow Revis to shine. You saw it there. That was the real Darrell Revis. We haven't seen that in the first four games. People were questioning if he had slipped, not just Tom Brady, but they were questioning Revis as well. I'm here to tell you, Revis has not slipped. Yeah, big performance by him, and it'll be interesting to see now how the how the Patriots do in the weeks going forward. But a, a big big win for them, a statement win, and. You know, uh, really, really silence the doubters for this week anyway. Just a few other games in the division we'll talk about, and maybe the New York Jets fans don't want us to talk about this one, but uh, not. They, they got <laughs> quite uh, a blowout against the, the Chargers, held out, no points at all in this game, and both both quarterbacks played. People were screaming for Vic to be playing instead of Geno yeah. Smith. Well, Geno Smith starting again next week. That just goes to show you how well the game went for Michael Vick. Uh, a number of fumbles, lost possessions in this, one of them by Chris Johnson, who fumbled the ball as well, but... Uh, very, very disappointing game for the Jets overall. But uh, the quarterback situation and maybe Rex Ryan's situation there, how, how do you see that going forward? And well, sure, Surely the Jets can't uh, challenge now for this division after you know a few bad weeks for them. Well, what's crazy, Colin, and we've been talking about it here because, again, it's still Jets-Patriots here. Yeah. No matter, no matter how the Dolphins and the Bills do, the biggest rivalry for the New England Patriots will, will be the Jets. People here hate the Jets. I hate the Jets. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. We hate the Jets, right? So we uh, like it to see them down, just like they uh, they want to see us down. And I think uh, I think the listeners to the to the podcast can verify that DJ feels the same way with uh, his comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, again, uh, calm. I, I've seen so many Patriots Jets games. I, I can't even count how many that I've seen. And uh, I'm, you know, again, I, I I hate them like poison. I hate to put it that way, but but I could actually see them going one and six. I mean, I, I mean, they've got a tough schedule. Yeah, two tough up. games coming up too. They they've got some tough games. And what's crazy, you know, again, Geno Smith. When they drafted Geno Smith, you're gonna laugh when I tell you this, but but I actually I actually high five my wife because <laughs> because I I've watched Geno Smith in college at, at West Virginia play against the school I went to on several occasions, and I never thought he was anything special. So so I'm thinking, okay, this is going to continue. Because because unless you have that quarterback, you know, I hate to simplify the game in, in the NFL, but if you don't have that quarterback, you, you, are de- you are dealing with basically a hand tied behind your back. You need the quarterback. They didn't get it right with Sanchez, and I hate to say it, I don't think that they're getting it right either with Geno Smith. I actually think he's better better than the uh, Bills quarterback right now, you know, who's who's been benched and and, and now you have Kyle Orton come, yeah. coming out there. But but Geno Smith is really, you know, again, I mean, I mean the luck for the Patriots, we have all these crappy quarterbacks in the division, honestly. You know, you have Geno Smith, you know, right now and I 
I, I fear, you know, again, if you're a Jets fan, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, uh, you got to go with Geno Smith, but like you said, Michael Vick is still waiting, but, but he's no big shakes at this point in his career. And, and uh, listen, I'm not, one, I'm not one that hates Rex Ryan. Hmm. I respect Rex Ryan as a defensive mind. Yeah. I, I think he's a brilliant defensive mind. Head coach, maybe not so much. He, he might be someone that might be better as a coordinator. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about it as well. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, if you're asking me, and I was talk, talking to my uh, co-host of my Patriot show on this, I would love to see, and you'll never see this. Trust me, you'll never see this. I would love to see them bring in one of the Ryan brothers to be the defensive coordinator for the Patriots. I would love <laughs> I don't think we're going to see uh, next season Rex Ryan up, uh, up in New England. But No, no. Last, no. last season, everyone was expecting the Jets to be possibly one of the worst teams in the NFL, and they really outperformed themselves. But maybe this year we're just seeing what we thought we were going to see a year ago. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a, tough, a long, tough season. They've a couple of tough games coming up now so yeah. we'll see in a few weeks where they are but uh, it's really going to be a tough road ahead but yeah. a, a team that <laughs> at the start of this season we thought we could be one of the worst teams in the NFL was the Buffalo Bills they have switched from EJ Manuel now into Kyle Orton yeah. they got a massive win on the road against the Detroit Lions we've all been talking about how good the Detroit Lions defense have looked and you know Obviously, they have Stafford, and we talk about quarterbacks. I think the pay, or the Packers are at a huge advantage in their division as it relates to quarterbacks too. Because although I do think Cutler and uh, Matthew Stafford have positives about them, the one thing that they continuously do is turn over the ball, and we've seen that with the Bears again this week. We've seen that with the with them as well. So I think uh, having a quarterback that's going to be stable and not turn the ball over is what you really want. And the Bills in this game got the job done with Kyle Orton away from home. But how how surprised have you been with their their start to the season? Uh, not surprised, and, I, and I'll tell you why. Because um, I'm I'm a huge fan of the head coach. Right. Uh, you know, he was my former college coach, and I and I predicted that he would turn it around in Buffalo. But here's the thing: if you can't get the quarterback right, you know they it doesn't look like they they picked the right guy with EJ Manuel. So again, going back to what, what we were saying, it's an uphill battle. But here's the thing: that defense is legit. That defense is really good. And, uh, you know, again, that's the fear for me as a Patriots fan is that that defense is going to keep them in a good amount of games. And then you have a game manager with Kyle Wharton. You know, I don't know if they're going to be a major contender to win the division, but they're going to be in in each and every game now. And they basically have made that decision, I think, you know, that, that they're better off, you know, treading water, being 7-9 to nine to 9-7. and seven. Then looking towards the future and having a, a potentially bad season with EJ Manuel, yeah. and uh, you know they're going with, they're going the safe route. I guess you could say calm. To me, that is the safe route. You go with a quarterback that you know is not going to hurt you, and and you lean on that defense to win you some games. And uh, and I have to applaud Buffalo for for their approach. And I think Buffalo has some talent, but until they get that quarterback right. They're not going to be able to contend the Patriots. I, yeah. you know, again, I thought that EJ Manuel could be that guy. They've already made the change now. That that tells you all that you need about the Buffalo Bills. But, but I, I want to transition back if you don't mind, real quick, because I know that you're a Packers fan, yeah. and I just want to say this. This is just my opinion. The Packers will win a, win the division for the reason you just said, the quarterbacks. Yeah. Okay. First of all, Jay Cutler. Um, again. Jay Cutler, for me, has to be the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. 
I, I, I don't get the love for Jay Cutler. I know he has the weapons, Calm, yeah. but like you said, he's a gunslinger. He, he's an old-fashioned gunslinger, and you're going to lose more often than not with someone like Jay Cutler. In the case of Matthew Stafford, again, you have you have a good defense. You have a, a solid offense with an exceptional wide receiver, but again, too many interceptions. He's not consistent enough. So if you're asking me, it's the Packers' division to lose, and I don't see them losing it because, again, on both sides of the ball, they are they are the more complete team. They have they have the best quarterback in the division. Some would argue the best quarterback in football, and I still believe that. You mentioned uh, the Bills' defense, and I have to say I was very impressed with them. They had six sacks on Matthew Stafford and uh, Jim yeah. Schwartz. Quite ridiculous in the end. Uh, actually got carried off the field by the team uh, in some sort of celebratory <laughs> scene. Uh, haven't been. That's uh, what, that was hilarious, yeah. Colm. That, that was. <laughs> it seemed a bit over the top, like, but uh, maybe that's where maybe that's where the Bills are. They have to take the take the wins while they come. But uh, I well, guess uh, we mentioned obviously the Detroit Lions, and for the second week in a row now, it's come out that they've actually cut their kicker, and uh, he missed three field goals in this one. So when you lose a game by three points, you have a kicker that misses three field goals. Uh, I think the only way to go is to show him the door. So we've seen Matt Prater was cut by the, the Denver Broncos right. after his suspension. I think uh, there's a good chance we'll see him playing for Detroit this coming weekend. But we'll see what happens there. But that's those games covered. And it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you on the show, Russ. Anyone that's listening to the podcast, obviously check him out on Twitter. It's at Russ underscore Goldman. Russ has his own podcast, too, talking all things Patriots. So anyone that enjoys it, and I know DJ enjoys talking Patriots and uh, any other listeners, we have a lot of Patriots listeners as well that want to check it out. Russ, do you want to just throw out the details there while you're on? Sure. You can go to blogtalkradio.com and put in Patriots 4th and 2 all together, Patriots 4th and 2, and you will you will find the podcast. And uh, we also have a, a Twitter account for Patriots with the number 4TH and uh, T um, Patriots 4th and two with the numbers four and two. So so uh, you can you can follow, follow that Twitter account, but go to blogtalkradio.com and you will see Patriots fourth and two. Yeah, it's been uh, been great talking to you. It's always DJ gets the chance to talk to you being a, pa- a Patriots fan. Sometimes it can be too overly lovey-dovey on the Patriots. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this week I think it was, it was nice and balanced and a big one for the Patriots this week. So I'm sure I'm sure you'll have a spring in your step for the rest of the week. So thanks for coming on, Russ, to talk to us. Thanks for having me, Colm. Hey, this is Scott Fujita, former NFL linebacker and Super Bowl champion, and you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. So, DJ, Russ was back on the show. I enjoyed chatting to him. It was my first opportunity to talk to him. It's usually you gets to gets to chat with him, and great to get his perspective. But what did you make of the, the Patriots' performance? I'm sure it was one, and I know from talking to you off the air and after the game, that it's one that you particularly enjoyed. And, you know, it's not been a great season watching the Patriots so far, but that one was uh, must have been a really, really enjoyable one for you and was actually enjoyable for me as I, I actually backed them to win that game. So how did you how did you feel about Tom Brady marching down the field on that first drive? It must have, it must have brought a bit of pride back into the old Patriots' heart. Yeah, Colm, it was great to see all those people that had written off Tom Brady during the week saying Tom Brady was done and that he was getting to the end of his career and nice for Tom to go and show those individuals exactly what he's still made of. Yeah, I can see what you're saying, and you know, I questioned, I said to you about that on last week's press conference that he kind of looked almost lost for words, but after the game, a, a lot, lot happier looking Tom Brady talking about how the game went, and both sides of the ball's playing well uh, last night against the, the Cincinnati Bengals, and Dar- Darrell Revis had uh, one of his best games for the Patriots, and he had a, a very strong game against A.J. Green, helped strip that fumble away from A.J. Green, had an interception in the first half, it was called back for pass interference, and was quite a questionable call in my opinion, but... 
Good performance, both running backs, Stephen Ridley and Shane Vereen getting the ball going again and obviously you have to be delighted to see Gronk looking a little bit healthier and Wright making his kind of first impact since that trade to from Tampa Bay. A lot of people were saying that Logan Mankins was traded away for nothing. Well, that nothing stepped up in a, in a big way this night for the Patriots. Yeah, Colin, well, given all the problems that the Patriots have had on offense and the fact that the wide receivers are still waiting to come back from training camp <laughs> with the performances that some of them have been putting in. Yeah, it hasn't been, it hasn't people, been all positive now, but... A lot of people questioned Bill Belichick's reasons for releasing... Campbell Tompkins during the week and I think if he can get back to a tight end set for the Patriots it's going to be very beneficial and it was great to see that Gronk was back continually getting back to his best and Tim Wright also was quite impressive so very good game for the Patriots and great way to bounce back after last week's defeat. Yeah, it was positive, and we'll we'll see now moving forward how they go. But you know, a few weeks down the line, this could all be forgotten about this tough start because we remember that last season they didn't have a great start either, and still had a quite convincing record at the end of it all. But number of other games, DJ taking part over the weekend, was there any of them in particular that you wanted to start off with and and talk about? Yeah, Colin, I suppose it would be remiss of me not to start off with the New York Jets and the fact that they started, or they had the first. Shut out off the season against them. San Diego Chargers winning 31-0 to in this game. Two quarterbacks in the game for the New York Jets. Neither were really going to light the New York Giants or New York Jets fans with any confidence. I'm sure the New York Giants fans were delighted watching <laughs> the game, but it, it really did get to the point where I was feeling sorry for the Jets quarterbacks because between them not being able to connect with the receivers and the receivers just not doing anything at all in this game Geno Smith was taken out of the game at half time and Michael Vick didn't really impress much more in the second half and I think a lot of people were saying Rex Ryan had got fed up with Geno Smith but he's come out and said he's going to start next week so it's a question of how long is it going to be until the Jets get fed up with Rex Ryan <laughs> Yeah, that's something that's been talked about a lot, DJ, since the game, is how, where Rex Ryan's footing is in it. And I think it's just a tough situation for the whole organisation, both for Rex. It's just uh, it's not going to be a good season for them, the way things are going. They're not protecting the quarterback. The quarterbacks aren't then, even when they escape the pocket, the balls downfield aren't going too good. Eric Decker, who, in my opinion, is a lot more talented than the people I give him credit for, has missed this game. He went off injured in the game against the Packers, which the Packers came back and won when they were behind. He's kind of like... You know, when you take him out of the team, the team almost falls apart. And I do think uh, they really, really need him back in, on the field. But, you know, Vic came in, looked a bit rusty, didn't really look ready. And, you know, it's a tough situation to come in. But people uh, aren't talking really that much, DJ, about the San Diego Chargers defense, which uh, I'm very impressed with. Being at that game I mentioned against the Seahawks, thought they were very impressive that day. And uh, overall, they're they're just a whole team effort. And, you know, between the between the running backs, the wide receivers, the tight ends, and Philip Rivers, and then the defense, they're, everyone's putting in the the effort, and the they're getting the job done each and every week. So very very uh, impressive again by by the San Diego Super Chargers. A game DJ that uh, a team went into a massive lead, did not hold that lead for the rest of the game. That was the Tennessee Titans. It was kind of a theme this week. Teams having the lead and struggling to hold on or not holding on, but. 
The Tennessee Titans went into a big lead against the Cleveland Browns. The Browns really struggling in the first half. Jake Locker looking very good, both rushing and throwing the ball. But he took a cheap shot after rushing for a touchdown. Then he hurt his thumb later on in the game and missed out on the entire second half of this game. But uh, after that, Charlie Whitehurst came in. His first two passes went for two two touchdowns. Sorry, nearly said interceptions, but went for two touchdowns. And, you know, they had this game in full control. But Cleveland Browns stormed back and really had no right to win this game. But... The biggest uh, come from behind road win in NFL history. So the Browns, uh, a big, big comeback here, winning this game by a point late on. And a lot of people were talking at halftime about should Johnny Manziel be in the game? Well, come the end of the game, Brian Hoyer had uh, led them to a successful victory. So a big, big win for the Browns who are moving forward in the right direction. And, you know, this year time, DJ, 12 months ago, 18 months ago, when that Trent Richardson trade and all happened, people talked about, you know, they were giving up on that team and they were looking to the future and all. But, you know they've they've stuck by they've they've really plugged in and uh, this this year in particular they're really caught me off guard with their performances so a big win for the Browns and credit where credit is due in this one but I have to say I thought the Titans uh, should have done a lot better than they did in uh, that organisation this morning the locker room just has to be devastated with uh, how how they let this one slip another game DJ that was let slip in the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, put up a very, very good effort and they were in the lead. They had the New Orleans Saints really up against it and under severe pressure to win this game. It went to overtime. The Saints did come back, won it in overtime. And a very, very, uh, very tough season so far, DJ, for the Saints. We talked about this on the phone yesterday and quite surprised with how the season's going for them. But, you know, we mentioned when they're at home, they usually get the job done and, you know, they tend to tend to really perform better at home than on the road. But in this one, uh, Mike Lennon coming in again for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, getting another another chance and he kind of struggled in the first half but started to play a little bit better but then it was an issue that he took a safety near the end and that allowed the, the Saints to get back to get it to overtime so up and down for Glennon but I thought he uh, he uh, deserves to be starting even when Josh McCown comes back but anything DJ that you took away from this game other than your uh, running backs helping you win fantasy games? Yeah Colin thankfully Kyrie Robinson appeared at the end of this game getting the winning touchdown. Also from this game, uh, Pat Murray had another good game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Unfortunately, just wasn't enough to, to help them win this game. But Pat is the, the kicker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has Irish heritage. And he's going to be joining us on, on the preview show for week six. So we'll be talking to Pat and uh, he'll be giving us some insight into what's going on with the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the minute. So looking forward to talking to him. And that's something to look forward to for the, the second show this week. And Colin, of course, the good news for all fantasy football owners that are lucky enough to have Jimmy Graham in their team. It looks likely that he'll be back in time for the next Saints game there on a bye week this week. So. Yeah, bye week coming up for them, so positive news there, and uh, I'm sure you're happy to hear that. Another game, DJ, that uh, a lot of stuff happened in was very, very entertaining, and uh, I thought the Texans were going to snatch it. Arian Foster with a massive game here. Fitzpatrick was... More positive than I thought he would be, and uh, overall they, they had a very, very positive performance, but when it came down to it, towards the very end, the, the Dallas Cowboys had just enough, and Tony Romo performed big time, Terrence Williams performed big time again, and DeMarco Murray went over 100 yards on the ground, and uh, that there's the first player in quite some time to do that for the first five games of the season, so he's putting up some serious numbers, he had a fumble as well, but the big takeaway in this for me was uh, the performance of Arian Foster and how well he done, but... Tony Romo's starting to look a little bit like uh, the Tony Romo we'd expect, as Bryant had a, a nice game again, and 
their defence, DJ, shut out the Houston Texans in the first half in this game, and they've done that in quite a number of games this season. So the Cowboys' defence is uh, sneakily underrated, and I, I, I'm trying to figure out how they're doing so well, but they're getting their job done. And another one here for the Cowboys, 4-1 and one for them, and the UK Cowboys fans, obviously, who won our fan free agency this offseason. They'll be delighted with this. And statistically, when you go 4-1 and one at the start of the season, you have a, a huge, huge better chance of making the playoffs. So I'm sure it's exciting times down there in Dallas for the Cowboys and obviously in the UK for those Cowboys fans. And Colin, you mentioned how well Tony Romo did in this game. J.J. Watt had a clear path to the Cowboys quarterback in the third quarter and Romo managed to sense the pressure and get away from Watt and then hit Terrence Williams who also Terrence Williams, who also happened to be in my fantasy team for a forty three yard touchdown putting Dallas ahead ten to seven at that stage and I think Roma was quite impressive in how he got away from JJ Watt. Yeah, it's not too often did you see JJ missing a, missing a big opportunity for a sack, but Romo just got the good footwork right and just barely evaded him. I think if he had moved half a second later he would have been absolutely flattened, but Romo showing some nice playmaking ability there and the the long throw downfield, uh, very, very impressive. And I just uh, mentioned, you know, we weren't seeing that in week one or week two. We weren't seeing Romo move around outside of the pocket in those early weeks. So impressive uh, to see him kind of starting to recover from that second back surgery this offseason. DJ, the New York Giants had a big win at home and they beat the Atlanta Falcons, who, like the New Orleans Saints, DJ, who have their struggles on the road. The Falcons are another team that are having big struggles on the road. They lost here to the Giants and Odell Beckham Jr. having his first game as a rookie. Caught a touchdown in this and looked, looked quite good on his right run as well. So Rashid Jennings going off with an injury in this. Andrea Williams came in, took over, and uh, he got the job done. Very physical runner and had a good game when he came in. But what DJ do you make of uh, the Falcons' struggles on the road? Do you think it's going to hamper them getting to the playoffs this year? And, you know, either in that division with the Saints, but the Panthers picked up a big one against the Bears. So is the Falcons' road trouble going to be a, a real tough one for them to overcome? Yeah, come. I'm quite surprised on how poor the Falcons have been. They started off the season quite reasonable, but New York Giants, on the other hand, three-game winning streak now, and I must admit I've been quite impressed by how they've turned it around this season after a poor season last year. Yeah, it wasn't going good, DJ, for them at the start, and, uh, you know, talked about the new offensive coordinator coming over from the Green Bay Packers and how that would take to develop. They weren't looking too great uh, overall, and you know they've really started to come around. Eli's starting to get a grasp of the offense. They're playing much better. Everyone seems to be getting more in sync. And uh, the one surprise in this, no catches for Larry Donnell, who had them three touchdown catches last week, and that was a real killer for I'm sure many of the listeners of fantasy football, and of course myself. Uh, when I bring it up, it's usually something to do with myself, and uh, no points for him this week. So tough week this week. But uh, overall, the team uh, spread the ball around and uh, was impressive with the New York Giants and. You know, starting the season off, they weren't being talked as a potential winner of that division, but you know, there could be possibly three teams coming out of that division with the way things are going, you know, the wildcard rounds and how the other divisions are shaping up, but that they're uh, going to be a big fight there. I think the Redskins are going to find it tough, but uh, I think then you're going to see the, the Cowboys, the Eagles and the Giants fighting it out, and at the minute, with the way the, the Eagles are playing, I think it'll be between the Giants and the Cowboys for that division, but early days yet, and uh, I'm sure the Eagles fans will let me know that on Twitter. DJ mentioned the Bears lost to the Carolina Panthers. I thought the Bears would win this one on the road, and you know they, they've been they've been okay on the road. They bet the the Forty Nineers on the road, and the Panthers have been down over the last few weeks. And Cam Newton was a little banged up, but he's starting to throw the ball really well. You know, you think of him, you know, rushing with the ball and so on, but he's starting to throw the ball really well, and he's 
you know, sometimes he's not getting as much time as he needs and he's getting hit and he's getting pretty much beat up. But they were 21-7 down at one stage, come back to win this game 31-24. to So impressive there by the Panthers, showing a lot of fight. And DJ, I don't want to take it out on the Bears fans, but Jay Cutler is a player that when you're watching games, you just know those turnovers are coming. You know the interceptions are coming and they came again. And, uh, you know, you have to kind of point the finger at him. Matt Forte did have the key turnover that led to the winning touchdown, and, you know, that's going to be a tough one for him to take. But overall, the Bears had this one in hand and let it slip, and uh, the Bears fans have to be very disappointed with this performance. Luke Keekley with a monster game as well for the Carolina Panthers, 15 tackles, and, you know, he was stalling Bears' drive, stopping them on third down. So he's he's really dominating and uh, continuing where he was last year. But I think it's just uh, Jay Cutler and... The Bears are going to have to take a long, hard look at themselves if they're looking to get to the playoffs. I thought they'd be a lot stronger in this game. Mentioned each of the Philadelphia Eagles might be struggling to, to really compete in that division. Obviously, they're top of it at the moment, so uh, maybe I should stay quiet on that front. But they had a big lead here against the, the St. Louis Rams, and they almost took the Rams back into it. They won this one 34-28 at home. I'm a little bit worried about Nick Foles. I've mentioned it in the last few podcasts, but uh, maybe maybe he'll be okay. Maybe he'll start to improve. But the offensive line have a lot of injuries, and they're struggling a little bit, and LaShawn McCoy didn't really get anything going. Darren Sproles was better in the return game than he was in the running game. And just overall, it's not what you were expecting to come out of this team uh, after what you've seen from them last year. But, you know, we can see them. We talked about the Patriots, DJ, and how they were struggling the last few weeks. They've really kicked it into higher gear and that performance against the Bengals. So maybe we'll see the Philadelphia Eagles do something similar. Austin Davis looked good. Uh, he was named the starter for the Rams for the next, well, for the next uh, 13, 14 weeks, whatever it is, how long their season continues for, but for the rest of the season. And he uh, he looked impressive. He finished with 375 yards and three touchdowns. And this. He did lose two full fumbles, but took a while to get going. But, you know, overall... I think he's uh, done a nice job there, and we'll, we'll see how the Rams go moving forward. But uh, positive signs there with their uh, third-string quarterback, let's call him, stepping, uh, stepping up to the plate, and although they lost, um, maybe some positives going forward. Andrew Luck was at it again, DJ. Wasn't as good as he has been over the last few weeks, but got the win here. He got a rushing touchdown, and he had a few interceptions in this game, a few more than you would expected. But uh, he had a T.Y. Hilton penalty also. T.Y. Hilton touchdown, sorry, also nullified for a, a Reggie Wayne penalty. So... Overall, good game here by the Indianapolis Colts, and they should have won by more. They had a lot of ball down here in the red zone. They had a fumble in the red zone, an interception in the red zone, that fumble coming by Ahmad Bradshaw. And overall, uh, they should have really put this game out of sight, but let the Ravens be in it right to the very end and just failed on that final drive. So 7.1 here for the Indianapolis Colts at home and looking strong in that division again. And the Baltimore Ravens have had a few good weeks, so you know, you're going to expect a down week every once in a while. But Flacco again was... Looking pretty good and uh, just had a, a couple of bad throws that he would like to get back, I'm sure. But he was pressured all day by Bjorn Werner. Not uh, probably the absolute correct pronunciation of Bjorn Werner, but I've heard a couple of podcasts, including the Around the League podcast, <laughs> try and discuss how to pronounce it. But he uh, he led the rush uh, for the Colts and got a lot of pressure on Joe Flacco. So very, very good performance by them on the on the defensive side of the ball for the Ravens. We had uh, CJ Mosley and looks like a, a, a like a leading candidate for the defensive rookie of the year. So both them teams moving forward and both of them I think will have a, a long and successful season. We'll see who gets the furthest maybe in the playoffs and maybe I'm a bit ahead of myself since they'll both be in the playoffs but looking good uh, in bits and pieces from both of them thus far. 49ers held on, DJ, bet the Kansas City Chiefs in the Levi Stadium. Alex Smith, DJ, returning to the Kansas City Chiefs and 
had a chance at the end to, to lead that Hollywood script down the field and, and tie or win the game, sorry, at the end with a touchdown, but through an interception, a lot of pressure on them. So unlucky here for the, the Chiefs and Alex Smith, but uh, the win here for the 49ers, and they're kind of starting to rally behind all the media talk that's been going on about nobody backing Jim Harbaugh and that. And of course, we all know if you're successful, everyone will listen to what you're saying. So another win here, Kaepernick had some very nice throws when he steps up in the pocket and really arrows it down it is it is really impressive but then there's some other ones then if you think that he, he should make a lot easier on himself and he doesn't but some nice plays picked up then on the ground as well and uh, some very poor decision making by the Chiefs here they also had the, the 49ers at one stage stopped I was watching this game live and they had them stopped on fourth down lining up to try and attempt to block a long field goal and field goal might have been scored but they would have still had time on the clock but they had 12 men on the field and, you know, drew the five-yard penalty, put it first down for the 49ers and, you know, they just ran down the clock and eventually, I think it was two minutes later, after the Chiefs had used up all three timeouts, kicked the field goal. So, you know, the, if, if they had kicked the field goal two minutes earlier and you had three timeouts, you have time to go down the field and try and get that win, but then the pressure was just all over Alex Smith and uh, it was, you know, just always going to be a tough situation. So no surprises the way the game ended, but Branton Lloyd and this was an exceptional, exceptional catch and, uh, was on a third down conversion and I was uh, very impressed overall with, with his game but Andy Reid would just have to question some of his decision making some of the coordinators decision making and then obviously some of the players decision making so one that the Chiefs will want to have a have a good look at and try and make sure some of these mistakes don't happen again so big win for the 49ers at home just a couple more games DJ to rattle off as we go through Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning really ran up the score here 41 points against Arizona Cardinals and Drew Stanton got injured in this one so with Carson Palmer already on the sideline. Logan Thomas had to step in. One of his first throws went for a long touchdown, but I think that might have been his only completion. He got hit. I think on his first two plays, he got sacked, and it was just it wasn't a nice place for the for the rookie to go in. So Vaughn Miller looking good. DeMarcus Ware looking good. They're really looking good pa- rushing the passer, putting a lot of pressure on it. Demarius Thomas with a monster game, DJ. I actually talked about it on last week's preview podcast about him having the bye week, having the time to heal up and how it would help him and well I didn't think it would help him this much he had a massive massive game 226 yards it's the most in franchise history for a wide receiver in a single game for the Broncos and Manning obviously had that 500 touchdown pass and that went to Julius Thomas so lots and lots of stuff going on the big talking point DJ in this year though was Julius Thomas and his chop block on former podcast guest here Calais Campbell and looks like Calais will be out now for you know the guts of a month after that uh, chop block and We've seen a, a long touchdown pass to Demarius Thomas been called back for that penalty. So really, really something you don't want to see. And uh, just uh, wish Clays Campbell all the uh, speedy recovery. But it's uh, just something that's, uh, I know it's, you can be say it's part of the game, but really shouldn't shouldn't happen and shouldn't happen like it did yesterday. Pittsburgh Steelers bet the Jacksonville Jaguars. DJ, this was your lock of the week. You were very confident in this. Not quite as easy as you expected, a 17-9 win. And one of them was off a pick six that I'm sure rookie quarterback Blake Bartles went back. He went to the line of scrimmage. It was a run play. He said after the game he, he checked it down. He you know called an audible, went for the pass, was picked off for a pick six. So that's one that uh, he'll learn from. He, he won't want that to happen too soon again. But overall, I thought he'd done quite well in spots. And I thought the Steelers struggled in parts as well. But... A win here for the Steelers nonetheless, and they were wanting to bounce back after losing to the Bucks the week before. So a big win for them, and you know the, the Jaguars were quite good on defense in this game, only giving up, as I mentioned, 17 points, one of those being a pick six. So some positives for the Jaguars, but 
you know, at this stage of the season, you want to be picking up wins, you don't want to be picking up positives. So Pittsburgh Steelers improved their record in that one. You know, Tom, you mentioned that was my lock of the week last week, and if anyone listening to the podcast happened to put money on that game, you might donate some money to me on <laughs> give me a shout on Twitter. <laughs> and DJ, uh, obviously Monday Night Football coming up, we're recording this on Monday evening. We'll go over the score prediction, it's the Washington Redskins facing off against the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks not as good on the road as they are at home, but can you see a shock here and the Redskins getting the win? Obviously, they had a bit of an embarrassing loss to the Giants in their last game. How do you see this going and can the Seahawks get the win on the road? Yeah, Colin, I see a Seahawks win here. I'm going for a 32-17 victory for the Seahawks in this game and really don't see the Redskins getting that close to them. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be as many points here as you mentioned for the Seahawks and I think the Redskins are I think they'll put up a fight. I think they're going to try and run the ball a bit more. I know Kirk Cousins had a few issues passing it in the last game. He got pressured. He had a fumble. There was all sorts of issues for them. But I think in this game they're going to try and run it a bit more. And I think Alfred Morris and Roy Hallou will get a lot of the ball. I think they'll they'll keep it close. But I just don't think they'll have enough to win the game. I'd say they'll probably lose it by in around a touchdown. So I'm going to give it a low, low enough scoring game. Days. I'm going to go for 24-17 in favour of the Seahawks. But on the road, DJ, they're kind of 50-50 with Russell Wilson so they're not as dominant as they are at home so we'll see We'll see this one and we'll see if either of us was anywhere near correct in that presumption so DJ that takes us all the way through all the games this week thanks again to Russ Goldman for joining us you can follow him on Twitter at Russ underscore Goldman we'll be tweeting out uh, to make sure you're following him so make sure you're following our Twitter handle as well that's at Overtime Ireland check out the website OvertimeIreland.com do subscribe to us on whatever you're listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever device. And keep spreading the word, please, and it's uh, very, very much appreciated. So until Friday when we'll be back with your preview podcast. If you're subscribed, you might get it late Thursday night. You just never know. We'll be previewing this week's action. So until then, my name's Colin. And my name's Dieter. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.